Oh, boy. <laughs> Super Bowl champ gets a super payday, and Major League Baseball flunks its first testing protocol. Hello and welcome to AAAI, the podcast on analytics and sports. I'm Phil, the conduit, and boy, could we really use a couple of data scientists, and we have them right here. Meet Ari from Chicago and Andrew from San Diego. Say hi, guys. Hey. Hey, everyone. <laughs> well, Super Bowl winning quarterback Patrick Mahomes is the new $5 million man. He's rolling in it. But you'd almost need a data scientist to really figure out, let's see here, 10 years on top of two, that's 12, one and two, with 503 million, 45 million average annual value. All right, guys, now the ball's lobbed in your court. Help us understand this. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting um, contract extension, right? It's $503 million, although... Honestly, NFL contracts I've always found amusing because only 63 million of it is guaranteed, right? With a scaling amount as it goes on. So if they do cut them down the road, they're not liable for all of that money. Um, but it's also an interesting way to structure it to spread out the cap hit, right? So his present contract, he's only making 825K this year, but he's already collecting four and a half million in his signing bonus to begin pulling some of that signing bonus into the earlier piece to spread out the cap hit. But even in his first year under the new contract, it's only a $1.5 million base salary, yet somehow it's a cap hit over $31 million. So it's a really interesting contract. It's a massive amount of money. And as the data scientist that immediately got me thinking, right now the, uh, salary cap in the NFL is just under $200 million. And it's a hard cap, right? You can't go over it. And at his peak, you're going to be looking at 20 some percent of that cap. It'll admittedly go up, but 20 some percent of that cap um, going to one player. And that got me wondering, is this a good deal? And I think people have been talking about this for a long time. And over the last couple of years, many people have come out and said, you're just better off uh, with a quarterback on the rookie pay scale uh, as opposed to putting a lot of money into a single player. And in fact, if you go back to 2010 and we look at the highest paid quarterback of each year, 2010, it was Donovan McNabb at almost 25 million. Redskins didn't make the playoffs. Next year, Mark Sanchez at 17 million. Jets, no playoffs. 2012, Peyton Manning, Broncos, lost in the division round. 2013 and 2014, Eli Manning, staying in the family, no playoffs either years for the Giants. 2015, uh, Drew, Drew Brees Saints, no playoffs. 2016, Eli Manning again, lost in the wildcard game. 2017, Joe Flacco, Ravens, no playoffs. 2018, Jimmy Garoppolo, 49ers, no playoffs. And 2019, Matthew Stafford of the Lions, no playoffs. Oh, wow. So that's not a good track record, but that doesn't say that you're better off on a low-priced quarterback. And so um, Ian Hartiz published this research in March of 2020, and he simply asked, okay, I'm going to group all the quarterbacks by the percentage of uh, the cap hit. So 
We'll look at all those quarterbacks under 5% of the total cap, those quarterbacks between 5 and 10%, the quarterbacks between 10 and 15%, and the quarterbacks over 15%. Now, only 11 teams had a quarterback that was a hit over 15% in the last 10 years. But it turns out that they had the, the best performance in winning the Super Bowl, getting a first round bye, and making it to the playoffs. So it's not true that paying that much for a quarterback has actually caused the problem over the last 10 years. And in fact, it has been better to have a quarterback that good as opposed to a quarterback on significantly lower salary. So we'll see how it works out for the Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes clearly deserves the money. He was phenomenal the last couple of years. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see if he's in that group making over 15% of the cap, if they're doing well, or if he becomes that quarterback who's paid most in a given season who just can't quite deliver. Time will tell. So Ari, the single most uh, difficult thing to do in all of sports is play baseball well every day. That's the toughest thing to do in sports by far. The toughest position to play in sports is NFL quarterback because you have to make so many, so many decisions so quickly, and then you need the athletic skill as well to avoid collisions and damage. What stands out to you as you heard Andrew walk through that? Yeah, well, Andrew certainly did a great job on his homework. Uh, it, it shows you how hard it is. Um, you know, certainly if there is a player, it would be a quarterback um, to, to add value to an organization. But it is also a team sport. I could hand a ball to you one foot and you run 99 yards and I get credit with the 99-yard um, pass or I throw you uh, 90 yards, you're wide open and you drop it. So like a lot of these uh, are, are team sports. But the other thing that was coming through, yes, it's a historic amount of money. Um, Lee Steinberg, show me the money. Um, Tom Cruise portrayed. Uh, is the agent, well, at least his firm was the agency that signed um, him. But uh, yeah, the, the sports sometimes is rational with money, and sometimes it's just an owner who has you know billions of dollars that says, "I'm just going to do whatever it takes, pay above market, so I have uh, you know a ten-year window, um, you know five to ten-year uh, window to compete." Um, and then other times it could be a lucrative television deal that makes it happen. Um, I'm impressed that it happened in the midst of COVID where broadcast and attendance and revenue is down, but um, it, it's one of those uh, interesting things where you're the general manager, it's not your money technically to spend. You might have controls by ownership saying, you know, you have to spread it around some players, but it just comes down to, an owner um, just willing to spend some of their personal money uh, to, to make something happen. That, well, that, these are what's going through my mind. And that's what happens when an owner or ownership group, and it's the Hunt family, they can trace back to, what was it? So 2020 Super Bowl championship and goes back, you guys remember? 20 or what was it? 1970 was the other Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl championship. So you're right. Sometimes it can be irrational and sometimes justified. Patrick Mahomes 
other than Lamar Jackson, the two of those guys, kind of 1A and 1-2, the most exciting players in the league right now. And, Andrew, one of the things I was thinking about as you're running through those numbers, you know what we've learned is that running backs, on the other hand, with a breakdown, are not worth the value. They are not returning value just because their lifespan is so short and a lesser or a slightly lesser running back returns often equal value to a bigger name or a bigger money running back. All right. Absolutely. Well, well, let's talk about a couple of other sports because uh, all all other sports, in fact, Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, and uh, men's and women pro basketball, men's and women pro soccer. Boy, everybody's underway, and it's got us grabbing a lot of information. Let's first start with baseball. We're going to play a game here, guys. I'm going to give you three ideas. I want you to tell me which story is bigger inside of baseball. Is it Number one, the positive test, and who has tested positive, like Joey Gallo, young star. Is it the opt-out or the big stars who are choosing not to play? And we'll get into that in a minute. David Price would be one of those. Or is it that both World Series teams from last year canceled workouts because of failed COVID-19 tested protocol? So is it one, positive test, two, opt-out? or three of the World Series teams can't even practice because of the protocols? Ari, you go first. Which one's the bigger story? They're all interrelated, but I would say that the teams opting out um, are big, you know, for a couple of reasons. One is that some organizations are taking it seriously and saying um, health, safety, overplaying. If you didn't have that um, and you had positive tests, teams could just be like barreling through. So that's it for me. And then um, they weren't the only two teams opting out. Um, just today, Giants and Cubs uh, delayed their opening just since uh, that, that could be a, a bigger discussion in a minute. But um, yeah, failing the testing protocol. So Andrew, is it uh, the positive test or is it the, the star guys opting out or, or is it the teams canceling workouts? Which one's biggest to you? I, I agree with Ari. I think it's, it's, I'm going to say it's more the failed testing protocol and how hard it is to actually get the information necessary to make good decisions and to keep your employees safe, which is what we're seeing there, right? The Nats and the Astros canceled their workouts, not because of positive tests, but because they couldn't get the results in time to actually know what was going on. And so now they're putting everyone at risk. And we know that there's a testing backlog right now we know it takes days in some cases to get the results for just the general public and the fact that this is happening in major league baseball and is going to probably be an ongoing struggle is going to be something baseball has to deal with Um, i don't want to diminish the story about the positive test because i think major league baseball may have played a little bit with the numbers right when they reported their first day test of was it 1% of players tested positive? And then you found out shortly thereafter that that was only the players who tested positive on Wednesday. We're ignoring all the people who tested positive in the prior few days. Um, It wasn't uh, a a lie per se, right? They simply said 1% on Wednesday tested positive, but that wasn't really the information people were looking for. So as a parent, you'd say it wasn't a lie, but it was not the truth, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a look at a couple of the, let's, let's take a look at some of the details here. 
The Dodgers on Tuesday, as we record this, reported nine players not with them so far. One's injured. Uh, David Price has opted out. Um, that leaves Kenley Jansen, closer, unaccounted for, and a couple of other important bullpen arms, starter A.J. Pollock, an outfielder, and Gavin Lux, one of their top young players, not reporting so far. And then that's going to lead us into this conversation. Now, earlier I said we needed a data scientist to help sort out Mahomes' new deal. I don't think we're going to need that for this. But, guys, I'm going to give you some information on three-star players who've opted out, and you can probably draw a, uh, a straight line between the three of them of some of their common traits. David Price, 34 years old, 12 seasons, $174 million in career earnings, six all-star games he's pitched in two World Series. King Felix Hernandez, 34 years old, 15 years, $217 million in career earnings, six-time All-Star. He's won a Cy Young. Uh, he went to Atlanta on a minor league deal. And with Atlanta, Nick Markakis, 36 years old. All right, you were with him in uh, Baltimore. He's played for 14 years in the game, uh, one All-Star game. He's earned $120 million. So, fellows, the uh, – the common traits here are obvious of guys who feel very comfortable saying, I don't need to compete. I'm going to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's, it's a much easier decision to make when you're financially secure and you're secure in your ability to compete at the major league baseball, a job will be available to you next season. People will be looking uh, and give you the chance. This would be much harder if you're, you know, still making major league minimum um, or competing for a role in the major league, I, I would hate to be in that position and have to make that decision. Yeah, and we might see some more opt-outs. I know some, you know, some of the big, uh, you know, Chris Bryant's and Mike Trout's of the world are kind of on the fence. And yeah, I, I had worked with uh, Nick Markakis with the Orioles one um one of the most dedicated to the game people I've met, um, and, and I'm very serious. He was uh, the first one in the uh, dugout in the clubhouse. He would um, shave his own bat for like three hours straight. I'd watch him in the outfield since he was um, un unbelievable. Every pitch he would be like leaning. Uh, it could be three hours into the game in the eighth inning where like the fans are asleep and he's like ready to pounce immediately on every pitch. I very rarely saw that with other players. So he, he's a gamer. Well, Nick is uh, called the pros pro and there's a reason for that. Good observation, Ari. Well, let's, uh, let's take a look at the um, Major League Soccer because they too have a real omelet or scrambled egg of varying factors. The league MVP didn't even get on the plane to fly from Los Angeles, uh, Carlos Vela of the uh, LAFC club didn't even get on the plane here in LA to fly to Orlando for the MLS is back tournament. But then again, Dallas FC backed out after nine players and a coach tested positive for COVID-19 after arriving in Orlando and five Nashville FC players tested positive postponing a match already. It's pretty clear, guys. Florida is the new epicenter, and I don't know that anyone would have picked that place for uh, the bubble 
if they knew all of this information 45 days ago? Andrew, would you have done that? Well, I, I mean, it's an interesting question. If I knew Florida was going to be the epicenter, I would have avoided it. Um, I'm not sure the MLS decision, we do know the NBA's decision was probably influenced for financial reasons and their relationship with ESPN and Disney. Um, and so they may have made the same decision thinking that they could keep it safe in that environment. But yeah, I, I mean, the NHL looks a lot smarter saying we're going to create our bubbles in two Canadian cities right now. Well, Ari, we just talked about, yeah, and, and you, you talked about too, you know, Mike Trout, uh, the star of stars in Major League Baseball. Well, the MVP of MLS decided not to play. So guys, I'm going to run you through this scenario again. We're going to play another game. Number one, will MLB start this season? Ari, thumbs up or thumbs down? What do you say? Gee, to start, that's a tough one. They, they may get one week, but yeah, I, I, would, I would guess uh, thumbs down since oh, three weeks now. Your thumbs down. Andrew, will MLB start the season? I, I, I'm sort of right about in here, right? I, it, there's so much momentum going. They want to start so badly. But if they begin seeing problems like what's hit MLS, uh, there's no way they can start, right? I mean, it just takes, we talked about this last week, right? It takes a simple outbreak in one of the clubhouses where let, let's just imagine that the Nationals in a week come back and they say, we just had three or four tests positive in our clubhouse um, in the last two days. I mean, for one thing, don't you have to shut down the clubhouse and do a deep cleaning for a week based on the way we've been treating most of our businesses? Um, yeah, and so what happens at that point? Uh, okay, so that's I think everyone one. wants to start. So, yeah, Ari, I, a question. Are you, is that a thumbs down, Andrew? Is, I, I think, that I think it's mostly a thumbs down, yeah. Okay, I'm going to say it will because I, I believe the game, the guys who own the game, are, the owners are more greedy than <laughs> uh, they are wise at this point. Nothing personal, by the way. <laughs> it's a tough, it's a tough. That, that, that's why I wavered, right? Yeah. Now, number two, will games be postponed after the season's underway despite these massive taxi squads? Andrew, go first. Will games be postponed? Oh, after I, I, I think that's almost certain that okay. games are going to have to be postponed. All right. Yeah, the, the, if, um, if it does start, I can see, like, the Chicago Dogs, which is like an independent league, already had some postponements in their first three days. Um, and one other thought is um, I just saw a Rich Hill uh, message that the you know, players get tested every two days. Right now it's taking longer to get back, but assume they fix it. But uh, the, the clubhouse personnel are only getting tested every three to four days, which doesn't make sense. Um, so you, you could run in the situation where – you know, there will be people getting positive, and then question is, quarantine the whole team or um, just those players? And, and if so, then you have to shut down for a couple games. Okay, so that's all three of us. All three of us are – the games will be postponed. But that leads us to – all right, your last comment leads us to the big, the big question. Will Major League Baseball finish the season throughout the World Series and crown a champion? Are you go first? Yes or no? Um, 
Well, I hope so, but I, I would say no. I, I don't really see it starting. <laughs> Andrew? I, I agree with Ari. I really want it to happen. I just don't see how we can make it through if you lose a team in the middle of the season for two weeks because um, you have an outbreak. I, I just don't know how, how you continue the season at that point. And I, I think they'll finish, they'll have a World Series. And I, I think that despite, if you go ahead and scratch Mike Trout, and he and his wife are having a baby, and Buster Posey's considering not, not playing, or he, I, I'll say this, he has not given his answer yet. Uh, and they're still going to play. When you go ahead and scratch some of the, really the top players in the game, I, my inclination is they'll finish it. So, all right. Well, guys, uh, we've just got a couple more minutes left here on AAAI, but we want to talk about one performance over the weekend by a total data-driven nerd, right? PGA Gorilla driver Bryson DeChambeau is now the favorite to win the Masters at uh, Caesar Sportsbook, and he's the odds-on betting favorite for the PGA coming up because what he did this weekend was record-setting. He previously, he's been hot. Previously, he had had six top 10 finishes, and then he won the tournament this weekend in Michigan. Uh, he added 20 pounds last fall of muscle because he studied data. Then he added another 20 pounds when he was off during COVID-19 break. And with that extra 40 pounds of muscle, he just is, he's, an, he's a beast. Uh, and in fact, he is, his drives are far out distancing anyone you can even think of. Like John Daly at one time was considered a model for the grip it, rip it, hit it as far as you can. He's not even close to what DeChambeau is doing. He averaged 350 yards off the tee winning. That's the longest ever off the tee average for a PGA winner. His longest, 377. He had three over 370. Uh, he is data-driven, and uh, even though he's from California, he attended SMU, and he ha uh, got his degree in physics, and he's an admitted tech and data geek. Um, Andrew, if you're on the tour, you're probably going to have to take a look at, a second look at, or talk to an analyst about, or get a little deeper into what in the world just happened, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely, right? We, we talked about this a little bit when, well, as a community, we talked about this a little bit when Tiger first burst onto this scene, right? Because Tiger was, we'll say, the first athlete who really took conditioning and strength training and such um, seriously, right? It was prior to that, you saw a lot of people not take it very seriously. Tiger came out and he was toned, right? But you see a picture of DeChambeau, he doesn't look like a golfer. He looks like a linebacker. I mean, it's insane. Um, and so I think you're going to see it. You know, everyone since Tiger puts the time in the gym, but are they going to begin saying, okay, I need to put more time in the gym? On the other hand, up until this week, you know, I was hearing, I was hearing or reading articles about, yeah, he was just crushing the ball, but he he's always been a little bit shaky on his short game and putting. And there's always that question, but it's sort of what killed daily is yeah, he can hit it farther than anyone else, but can he do anything once it lands? Um, DeChambeau had a, a great weekend. And if he continues like that, but 
We saw it with Tiger. I think we're going to see it here. People are just going to spend more time in the gym. Okay, Ari, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm a PGA golfer who's like a top 25, top 50 guy. And I call you today and I say, give me one thing to do, a device to wear or something to look at. What's your advice to him? Yeah, well, well the great thing of um, golf is that this is where all the innovation comes. Um, you know, it, it's really, a, really about what you can improve is looking at your mechanics. So, you know, you know for example, Rapsodo could be a great way to do super high definition of your grip, swing, hip movement. Um, but, you know, in addition to collecting the data, you'll need to interpret it. But I, I think that's one of the great tools to, uh, you know, understand your, your mechanics and try to improve on it. Well, um, we might follow up on that as the golf season progresses because uh, there's, a lot to, there's a lot to dig into and in what essentially what you just said. And if I was one of the top 25 or 50, both you guys would be hired. Right away. Uh, I want that. Well, guys, we're going to end with a quick note about racing because the racing season is now fully returned and underway. And really, it was a big weekend in Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway hosted an unprecedented IndyCar race on Saturday, a road race, and in the NASCAR Brickyard 400 on Sunday. Kevin Harvick won the NASCAR event. Ozzie Scott Dixon won the road race on Saturday. Both groups, the IndyCar guys and the NASCAR guys, all had enormous, enormously kind things to say about New Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, ownership, the Penske Corporation and Roger Penske. I suspect we're going to hear more from that. And Penske even said that he wants to go ahead and bring Formula One back to Indianapolis. So, and then we'll end with this note. Uh, Lewis before Hamilton, we, before yeah. we go to Formula One, just because we do keep talking about COVID, we should say even NASCAR was affected by COVID yeah. as a big name in Jimmy Johnson was forced to miss because he tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And uh, that was, that happened right in the middle of the weekend, but you give the racing guys credit. There was a lot of good that happened on the track and uh, that was fun to see. Also formula one is underway. The Hungarian Grand Prix and Lewis Hamilton, who's dominated that circuit the past six years, uh, finished fourth. He was demoted after causing an accident. Drivers wore T-shirts featuring the words and racism. And guys, that's a good way to end this edition of AAAI, the podcast on analytics and sports. Well, he's Andrew and he's Ari and I'm Phil. We appreciate you joining us and we'll see you again next week on AAAI.